Hello, this is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman, and this is our next segment of the One Slide at a Time series. What I'm doing is going through some of my previous presentations and picking out one specific slide and just doing a deep dive on that one slide. That way you can pick and choose a specific topic or you can listen to the series back to back. These are going to be short little segments uh, that you can conveniently watch and listen um, on your commute or whenever you just have about 15 minutes or so. So thank you for joining. And today's topic is going to be about vertical slices. Now, let's, let's back up. What does that mean? So, putting it in context, this is related to Agile Teams and one of the cornerstones of, and one of the cornerstone artifacts of Agile is user stories. And user stories are meant to be very small, um, contained descriptions of, what, of a piece of the solution that we're trying to create. The key here is small, and that sometimes throws people off. And when we talk about small, that, that's kind of relative, but what the end goal is, is that these stories should fit inside of a sprint. As a matter of fact, you should be able to do several stories inside of a sprint. Well, let me cut to the chase. What people have translated that into is, sure, I can do a task. I can do a my piece uh, of the story. I can code my block, or I can do my analysis. I can do my design. And these are the different people on the team all thinking about the task that they have to do. A task is not the same as a user story. And don't get confused because in JIRA, which is a particular tool, oftentimes user stories have the type, the system type of a task. So that has complicated and made people blur lines between user stories and tasks. And so I just want to be clear that what we're talking about is a user story. And there's a couple of key components to help differentiate a story versus a task. A user story is supposed to represent from the customer or business point of view, something that provides business value. It's some type of achievable function or feature that's within the scope of the overall solution. So you have many stories that might make up a, a bigger feature and or a collection of stories, collection of features that then make up an epic or an initiative. So depending on your naming convention and your hierarchy, there's usually a two to three tier hierarchy. So for Example, you'd go from the biggest piece was this uh, initiative, 
might take several quarters and several teams. You break that initiative down into these big epics. And an epic ideally should fit within a quarter, which is somewhere for most teams, six to eight sprints. Then the sprint itself, which is often two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks at the most, a team should be able to complete several stories. And when you're identifying the stories you're going to complete in a sprint, you set a sprint goal. So those stories, most of the time, are somewhat related or have a theme. And therefore, at the end of the two weeks, you have something that you can demonstrate. Now, the tricky part is when you have this big idea, this big initiative, and all these pieces that you want to accomplish, all these different features, sometimes it's hard to see how to slice it, how to break it down. So oftentimes, and if you were to do any type of additional research on story splitting or slicing, you're going to immediately see pictures of pies or maybe cakes show up with the vision of slices being taken out of the cake. The cake is the best example because there are layer cakes. And the idea is with software development, there are different layers to it. Think of those layers as tasks. So that could be the back end, the middleware, the database layer, the security layer, and the front end interface. Another, and then when we start talking about tasks within those layers, it could be creating the code, creating the design, testing the code. The ideal vertical slice ensures that you get all the different layers so that you have, although small, a small piece of feature or functionality in the form of a story that has all of its parts from back, from front to back, including the test, Therefore, when you estimate the level of effort, you include all of those contributing tasks and roll that up into the estimate for that vertical slice. Now, I'm emphasizing vertical slice because the opposite of a vertical slice is a horizontal slice. So if you can imagine a cake, who wants to be served a plate full of just icing? We just scrape off the top layer. Or maybe just scrape off the bottom layer. When you know that there's several layers to that cake, and that's what makes it great, is the blended flavors of that cake. And that's the same when serving up user stories. You don't want to go horizontal, because what you start to do, what you're doing is, 
you're breaking apart different tasks. And the end result is something that we call waterfalling your scrum. You're going through all of the scrum ceremonies, but within the team, you're still really treating things like a waterfall. And my reference to waterfall is the legacy methodology that actually was what was used for a long time. And because it did not work, Agile was kind of the answer to waterfall. So what you don't want to do is just put a scrum wrapper around a waterfall inner process within your team. And the reason why, and what tells me that you're waterfalling your scrum is because one person or on the team does the design, they completely finish the design, then they hand it off to the person that's doing the development. And then the development does their piece and then they finish. And then, and here's the kicker, when they go to turn it over to testing, we're likely out of time because when we estimated, we were estimating task, we weren't looking at the story as a whole. And so when you roll up all the, the tasks together, they don't nicely fit into a sprint. So you have this continuous rollover. And then next, what you'll start having is development is done in one sprint, testing is done in another sprint, Design is done in another sprint. So it might take a one vertical slice, at least three sprints before you even have something that you can demonstrate. When ideally, Agile has promoted that you have something that you can demonstrate at the end of each sprint. So this is a very important point. That's why I kind of pulled this out. Again, when teams look at the work and don't really understand that if a story's too big, that just pulling out a task, like pulling out testing and trying to make testing its own story you've actually really reverted back to waterfalling your scrum. So it's not trivia. It's not something that should be taken lightly. I'll be spending more time and giving examples on techniques for slicing. So this was just to really kind of introduce the idea to get you to step back and maybe look at your team. And there's often key indicators. Number one, are we doing slicing? Are we, when slicing, doing vertical versus horizontal? And one of the symptoms that is the most common if the answer to either of those, either we're taking too big of a slice or we're slicing off 
horizontally is carryover from one sprint to the other. And carryover is a bad word. There are exceptions to when you have carryover, but you shouldn't be in a constant state of carryover. And what I mean by carryover is that you start a sprint, you do your planning, you identify and pull in the stories that you're going to work on, that you're making a commitment at that point. And then you start your work in earnest and you're working hard, but then we get to the end of the sprint and then that's the first time that your product audience might find out we're not going to get finished. But don't worry, we'll just carry it over and finish it the next sprint. What you jeopardize when you have continuous carryover is that you don't have a clean finish to your sprint. You don't have something to demonstrate for the time spent in that sprint. And then therefore, if the product manager or product owner has plans for the next sprint, they have to modify their expectations because the stuff that they thought was going to get finished previously is now carried over into the next sprint. Oftentimes, the intent of having these time box sprints is so that the product owner at the end of the sprint, at that two-week cycle, if that's your time box, that's when they can introduce new items. And some of those items may be very important. They might be urgent. And they might even be more important than the things that you want to now carry over. The things that you're carrying over were important for the previous sprint. But now we need to shift our focus to what's next, and that's being hampered. So having a good appreciation for why you want to have a clean commitment and meet those commitments, it helps set the expectation with the product manager. It helps them with their planning their roadmap, their rollout as a team. Every team should take a lot of pride in making those commitments and delivering on those commitments. Now, if you find yourself in a state where you are rolling over, your end goal should be to learn from why you rolled over and then apply that lesson learned until you find yourself where the rollover continues to diminish to the point that it's the exception and not the rule. So I know I've given you a lot to digest. I probably gave you a large <laughs> slice of information. So this is going to end today's one slide. Please feel free to leave me comments or questions. Also, you can subscribe to our email. You can follow our YouTube videos. And you can even sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with the coach on call from our organization. But for now, I'm Jacqueline Sanders-Blackman. 
for Technology Expresso Coaching and Consulting and Partners. Thank you for joining us.